I actually ate whatever I wanted for years. I just would shove food in my mouth. I was walking around bloated, fatigued, inflamed. I had brain fog. I lost my menstrual cycle. I mean, it was just like the list was on and on and on. And, you know, so many of us are so used to walking around feeling bloated and tired. And then we, we numb it or we put a bandaid on it with some sugar for energy or caffeine like I did for years. So yeah. Doctor said you got PCOS. Now go on, girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian to help my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna prove them wrong and take control of yourself. Join a sister and a Welcome everyone. Today we have Chef Amber. She is an entrepreneur, spiritually led chef, author, and owner of The Source Cafe. Today she's going to share her inspirational tips and insights on rejuvenating and restorative powers of fresh, nutritious food and her own personal food health journey. She's also going to talk to us about how we're going to navigate eating gluten and dairy free at a restaurant. Chef Amber is unlike most high-end chefs. She believes that food nourishes us from the inside out, and she combines her drive to use food to heal the mind and body with her classical culinary training. Welcome, Chef Amber. Hi, thank you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. We're so excited to have you here because we always get, you know, a lot of questions from our audience about how should I eat out when I'm going gluten dairy free? Like, what can I ask? A lot of these different kinds of questions. So we're so happy to have a chef like you here who, who has her own uh, restaurants as well. So could you tell us what restaurants you have and where they're at for audience? Yeah, so I'm in Southern California in Manhattan and Hermosa Beach. And my restaurants are called The Source Cafe. And my one restaurant, I opened up nine years ago because of my health crash and wanting to heal my body. And my Manhattan Beach restaurant is dairy-free, gluten-free, but I'm really aware of like, no corn, no potato, soy, stuff like that. Like you can find basically anything if you um, have any sort of intolerance. Yeah, food intolerance. Wonderful. Um, that's amazing. That's amazing. I guess we should get started by your experience first. Could you explain um, your experience with the struggles with finding your food intolerances and what you did to help with those? Yeah, so my history, I mean, I've been in this industry, in the food industry forever and a chef, and I always, I actually ate whatever I wanted for years. I just would shove food in my mouth. I was walking around bloated, fatigued, inflamed. I had brain fog. I lost my menstrual cycle. I mean, it was just like the list was on and on and on. And, you know, I never knew what it felt to feel good because I wasn't paying attention to what I was feeling in my body. And one of my stories, my history is like, I had, I struggled with disordered eating. So I abused food for 30 years. And so finally I had a health crash and decided that I wanted to start using the healing properties of food to heal my body and went deep into finding the right natural paths and functional doctors and realizing like, I have some stuff that's going on. You know, I had food intolerances from gluten to dairy. I knew I had to heal my gut. I had some adrenal stuff, hormonal, thyroid. I wanted to get my cycle back. So I knew that I could not continue to abuse my body with the wrong type of food. So that's how I started my journey. Mm -hmm. And once I started to eliminate certain foods from my diet, I I started to get a taste of what it felt like to feel really good. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so many of us are so used to walking around feeling bloated and tired. And then we, we numb it, or we put a bandaid on it with some sugar for energy or caffeine, like I did for years. So yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I can totally relate to that. Really with women who have PCOS, it really triggers their whole circle of symptoms, like a vicious cycle, you know, the caffeine, fatigue, more coffee, more sugar. And, you know, we don't have as much knowledge out there that we need to talk about the healing properties of food. And I love what you have on your menu. I looked at it, adaptogenic hot chocolate, magic (laughs) recovery, like breakfast smoothie, porridge made with buckwheat, which is gluten-free. I mean, I love it. I love all the ingredients. It's great. Thank you. Yeah. My creativity now as a chef comes from what I can't eat. I don't ever want to feel deprived. And I always want to show that because food is my life. Like I love food. And so when I started this journey, I was like, oh, I'm not going to walk around and eat plain vegetables and chicken all day. Like Mm -hmm. I will die. Right. I don't want to feel deprived. And I want to continue to show people that healthy food can be so delicious and beautiful and sexy. Right. So when my functional doctor is like, okay, you can't eat these 10 things now. I'm like, all right, how can I make this super creative and still feel really great? So Mm -hmm. that adapt adaptogen hot chocolate came because I don't drink caffeine anymore. And so I was like, all right, I need something in the morning that's going to feel warm and nurturing and satiating and help with my hormones and also give me energy. So yeah, that's, that's where my creations come from. Yeah. That's awesome. I guess let's kind of dive into how to order at restaurants or for, for fellow sisters, listeners who are going gluten dairy free or, or already are gluten dairy free. So the first question I want to ask is what ingredients should people look out for? Like specifically, like we know, of course, dairy, there's like, you can just say like dairy, but cheese and stuff like that. But with gluten, it seems like there's flour, but then there's also like wheat, like what kind of specific ingredients should people look out for? Yeah, I feel like gluten sneaky because it can be in it can be in sauces, it can be in tomato sauce. So I think like it's so sneaky. I think Asian restaurants are the hardest restaurants to eat out at if you want to be gluten free because there's soy and I mean all there's some sometimes there's gluten in some of the fermentation processes. So mm-hmm. I feel like salad dressings, sauces, anything in the soy family. I mean, I think it's really hard for vegans to eat out gluten free because a lot of the processed fake meats have a ton of like wheat gluten in it. Mm. Um, I think that that's really, really tricky. So if you're a vegan and you're listening, you know, you'll have to really do like really do your research about a gluten-free vegan restaurant. Cause that's where I see for my clients is the hardest, right? Especially with the processed fake meats, substitute meats. It's like, there's so much hidden wheat gluten in there and making sure that if it's a restaurant that has gluten also, then being very specific of the cross-contamination. So when I go out immediately for me, if there's a dish that's got too many sauces going on, I'll ask, is there flour in any of the sauces? You know, depending on the caliber of the restaurant, if it's if you're not getting a confident answer from the server, then I'm going to stay away from all sauces. Yeah. <laughs> As a chef and in my culinary training, I, I was trained Italian and like there's a roux and the roux is basically white flour and olive oil. And you can basically thicken everything and finish everything when, and it's beautiful. Rices, porridges, sauces, I mean, salad dressings, I mean, desserts. I mean, it doesn't even matter. There is gluten and stuff. You have no idea. So I think for me, when I go out to eat, I keep it really, really simple. If I don't know the rest, like simple, it's like plain protein. And I'm very even specific with the oil. Oil doesn't have anything to do with gluten, but for me, I get inflamed from canola oil and vegetable oils. So I'm like, I need olive oil. (laughs) I want this piece of meat and vegetables. And like, I put sauces on the side. I think sauces, soy sauce, sushi is like basically impossible unless you find a gluten-free sushi restaurant. Well, because there's so much gluten in soy and unless you find a soy sauce. 
and their soy okay. sauce and like, and then their soy sauce to flavor all types of, I mean, sometimes yeah. there's sauce in the rice. So like my yeah. friend that's gluten tolerant, we went out and we had plain sashimi with sticky rice. And she didn't even think to ask if there was soy sauce in the rice because it's not all the time. And oh. there was soy sauce in the sticky rice and she, she had a reaction. So it's oh my just, gosh, it's really- I had no idea I when I eat gluten, oh. when I eat sushi, I just assume that, you know, the rolls are fine as long as they're not like already dripping in sauces, like soy sauce and stuff. I would definitely ask. For me though, I'm going to be honest, and maybe some of the people in the audience can relate. I don't really get super inflamed from one dinner out eating sushi because I'm always gluten-free. So I feel like my level of inflammation is pretty low. And so if I'm going to eat sushi, a little bit of the soy sauce, that's not gluten-free, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And certain people are so different, right? So my friend and I go to a functional doctor and we have a, a gluten enzyme that we take before we go out mm-hmm. to eat just in case, like there's yeah. something that's in. And then, like you said, like my, I don't eat gluten. So if I have a little bit of soy sauce, it's not like a big deal. Exactly. My enzymes or my probiotics and I have a healthy gut or yeah, take activated charcoal if I feel a reaction when I come home. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it was funny what you said about the server too, because a lot of times Italian will ask like when, oh, yeah. they, when they bring the food, oh, it doesn't have gluten or, or something like that. And, and then they're like, uh, I don't think so. Like, you know, when they don't, when they don't have the confidence to give a firm yeah. yes or no, then it's just like, okay. I'm but- looking into their <laughs> eyes when I ask them, yeah. does this have yeah. gluten in it? No. And they're like looking up and down. Yeah. They're like, all right. We're yeah. not and another, another tip too, if you're eating at a restaurant, especially with like sandwiches and wraps and stuff, and you want to mm-hmm. get like, if they have like a gluten-free bread option, just say, I always say I'm very pushy and say, Hey, I'm gluten intolerant. My friend's gluten intolerant. Please use like, make sure the kitchen's aware, use a different cutting board and a knife. Mm-hmm. And they're always like, ah. and so then they can go and put in the order and be like, so, because when we get those orders at my one restaurant, we do have a little bit of gluten in the restaurant. We use new gloves. We use new cutting boards. We use uh-huh. new knives, but that's a lot of how people have reactions in restaurants. It's the cross contamination. It's not actually what they're it's, it's because somebody's used a dirty knife or a dirty cutting board. Honestly, yeah. that's yeah. I've noticed that we order Mike's um sandwiches with Jersey, Mike's. Jersey Mike sandwiches. They have gluten-free bread as yeah. an option, but they don't toast it. And I think it's because they don't have a separate toaster for okay. gluten-free bread. Yeah, because all the crumbs and absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. I always get annoyed. Why isn't it toasted? It's like cold yeah. bread, you know? That's for sure why. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Do servers get annoyed when you ask them like Oh, like I'm gluten intolerant, or like I feel like it's always like I mean I don't know if it was me I would feel a little bit um, self conscious self conscious to always ask. But do they usually get annoyed or like what do you think? No, I think it's 2021, and <sighs> I think that especially in Southern in California, most of the United States people know what gluten free is now. It's it's just yeah. so I mean so many people come in now. It's like oh I'm keto, I'm paleo, I'm whole thirty, I'm vegan, I'm raw, I'm clean. I mean that language is so much more common now, and yeah. so restaurateurs are educating their staff a little bit more now so, okay, yeah. that's that's great especially yeah. for our listeners so listeners if you go to a restaurant don't feel self-conscious feel free to ask any questions and just request what you need for yourself so that's yeah feel empowered you know it is it's yeah. your diet it's your stomach you're paying the bill it should be what you <laughs> oh, want 100% and I am very pushy when I go out to eat because I know what goes on in in the kitchens and for me vegetable oils is like a non-negotiable mm-hmm. so I'm like 
I'm allergic to canola oil. I don't want any oils touching that, whatever, that grilled piece of fish, just olive oil. Like I'm very clear about it. So um, I'll be able to tell, we don't use any vegetable oils in my restaurant. So um, it it makes such a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear about that sister who took Ovacetol and finally got her period after a year of not having one? Incredible. I see those kinds of messages on Instagram a lot. How does that even happen? Well, Ovacetol helps with healing insulin resistance, a common root issue that most PCOS sisters have. And by targeting insulin resistance, we're seeing sisters kick those crazy cravings, finally regulate their periods, ovulate, and improve their egg quality. Each packet of Ovacetol has a 40 to 1 ratio of myo-inositol and D-chiro-inositol. This ratio is similar to the ratio that should be found in the body. But with women like me who have PCOS, this ratio is often imbalanced. So taking Ovacetol can be super effective in treating insulin resistance starting from the root of the issue. So awesome. It tastes like nothing. So just warn me when you put it in a cup so I don't drink it. You got it, boo. Check out the link in the description to get 15% off your order. All right, babe, let's take a moment to correct our posture, take a deep breath and have some pure spectrum CBD. Sure. Hey sisters, CBD can help with acne, inflammation, anxiety, sleep, and so many other PCOS symptoms. I personally take it throughout the day to help keep my stress hormones nice and low. Not to mention, I sleep like a baby every night and I don't wake up fatigued at all. Now open your mouth please so I can give you a serving. Ah. Now hold it for 60 seconds. Head over to PureSpectrumCBD.com and use the code THESISTERHOOD, one word, for 10% off. Can I stop now? Nope, you got 30 more seconds. Could you explain that? Because I'm sure a lot of people hear vegetable oil and they think like maybe... What's that? What's why? that? Or like It sounds like it was a healthy alternative because it's vegetable oil, but could you explain okay. why it's, it's not? Yes, so basically seed oil i know this can get controversial sometimes so seed oils vegetable oils basically it's the smoking point and the heating point of when the oil is heated up it can turn rancid and then that rancidity leads to toxicity in the body and causes a a lot of inflammation and for for me i can feel like i have a hangover the next day and it leads to oxygenization of the cells and it just goes it gets really sciencey but if you're listening, if you can switch to avocado, coconut, or olive oil, those are the three top oils. We fry an avocado oil at my restaurant, which is really, really, really rare. Um, if you're eat meat, um, tallow or ghee actually has, it's all about the smoke point. So they have really high smoking points. So they're not going to turn. Technically with olive oil, you should finish your dishes with olive oil because you're by heating olive oil, you're losing all the yumminess and it technically can turn a little rancid, but mm. grapeseed oil, canola oil, oil, rapeseed oil, sunflower, safflower, all those oils, unfortunately, they turn. And honestly, once you start to cut them out of your diet and then start to eat them again, you'll start to notice that you might feel a little bit of brain fog, bloated, stomach ache, diarrhea, like it's just, yeah. And it wow. causes- yeah. I only use olive oil and avocado oil, but it gets expensive when you're frying with avocado oil, but it's fine. <laughs> oh, it does. I know it, it does. <laughs> That's why my restaurant's expensive because I fry my french fries in avocado oil. (laughs) I love it. Does that change the flavor? It doesn't. Mm-mm. Oh, it doesn't? Okay. No, I yeah, would think it would taste, taste better like- even with avocado oil. <laughs> it it does like- taste better. It tastes better because for me mentally, I know I'm not eating like fries in canola oil. And I'm going to Yeah, <laughs> totally. totally. So awesome. I, I love that. So what should, 
Uh, my last question about restaurants is like, so I know that different restaurants will have different kinds of food, but what are some foods that you would recommend that maybe at most restaurants that will probably be gluten dairy free, like some like go-to dishes that people can just look for in the menu? Yeah. So I would say anything with like a, pr- a protein and a rice, rice is always safe. Risottos, risottos are great when people are craving pasta, mm. right? So risottos can give you that, but be careful because it could have butter and cheese. You can just ask, but usually a seafood risotto is safe. Anything like I always stick to like rice. And for me, I eat vegetable and protein when I go out. Like I keep mm. it really simple and um, of course salads. And then if, if it says like gluten-free wrap or gluten-free pizza or anything like that, but I stick to like veggies, rice, rice, and protein when mm-hmm. I go out. Yeah. Are you dairy free as well? You know what? I, um, I don't eat dairy because I'm an O blood type and I don't crave it. And it's just not something, but I went to Europe. I was in Greece a couple of weeks ago and I ate gluten and dairy over there a little bit, not a lot. And it's just, it's different in Europe. It is here. And um, it's not something I crave my restaurant. I mean, we make all of our own cheeses out of nuts and seeds. So there's so many options for dairy free. So no, to answer your question, I'm not dairy free, but I don't eat dairy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I won't have a, fl- a flare-up, but it just doesn't make me. I know if I eat too much dairy, I'll get bloated. I'll probably have some acne. I know yeah. it's for my gut. I don't need it. I don't really think there's any health benefits of eating dairy, of cheese. So I don't really, I don't really miss it. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. And the dairy-free cheese you make at your restaurant, how do yeah. what is that made of? Cashew? Cashew, almonds. I have a pumpkin seed one. We have a Brazil nut Parmesan that's blended up Brazil nuts with nutritional yeast. It's amazing. I think I have one of the recipes on um, chefamber.com for the Brazil nut Parmesan. We make an almond ricotta out of almonds and lemon and the blanched almonds. It's white. It looks just like ricotta. And then we use that as a base to make like all types of like white whipped cheeses. Wow. Um, Wow. Crafty. It's so fun. Yeah. Me and my sous chef right now, we're getting um, into like dehydrating some cheeses to make like breeze and goudas. And so we'll put like agar agar in it and some different like, like seaweeds and stuff. So for the flavor, for the umami. Yeah. How fun. I always find it really hard to make dairy-free cheese from scratch at home. I'm so intimidated by it. (laughs) I see it in the recipes of these dairy-free cookbooks that I get sometimes. And I'm like, I'm not going to make cashew cheese. Like I'm just not, I'm into 30 minute meals and I can't do it. So I buy it instead. If I'm going to eat it, you know, I have some soft cashew cheeses that you can blend up in the Vitamix and they'll, they're not going to be like a Brit, a block, but it's less, you'll get your cheese flavor. So I have some on my blog. That's cool. Okay. I'll take a look. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed some of your products on your menu also had something called blue magic. Can you tell us more about that? Yes. Blue magic is an extract of spirulina. It's from a company called E3 live. Their products are beautiful. And, um, I stand behind them and their claim to blue magic is it helps with immunity in the gut, but also Mm -hmm. helps a lot of athletes take it for recovery for ligaments and, um, muscle repair. So, Mm -hmm. um, the beautiful thing about blue magic is that it's a spirulina, right? That doesn't stink. Um, it's an, it's from the algae family, but, um, a lot of the green spirulinas and chlorellas, they're so stinky. It's a really hard sell for a lot of people, but mm-hmm. this is bright blue. It doesn't taste, it doesn't smell and it's beautiful. So I can get kids and picky adults and picky kids to eat it. Like we're obsessed with blue magic. Yeah. Well, wow. yeah. is that like a, like a supplement you can buy as well to like add it to drinks? Yeah. It's a, it comes in a blue powder. Oh, okay. Yeah, it wow, comes cool. yeah, and it's really fun to make smoothies, um, night, you know, ice creams like cauliflower ice cream. I think I have a blue cauliflower ice cream that's really fun. <laughs> yeah, I oh, love it. It was so, so pretty. pretty. It was this like beautiful blue milk. <laughs> yeah, 
it's fun. And you mentioned gut health uh, with the Blue Magic. And so could you elaborate on some, some of your favorite recipes for gut health for, with bloating and digestion? Because a lot of uh, listeners as well with PCOS have like gut issues, gut symptoms. Sure. So I always am a big fan of um, a, a good probiotic, but a good way to get your probiotic is from fermented veggies. You really only need about a fourth a cup a day, and they're actually not as intimidating to, to make at home as people think. Um, I have some recipes for that also, but I try to eat fermented veggies every day for gut health. Um, also bone broth. I actually did a whole Insta story today about I make bone broth twice a week for myself and I make it into jello. Bone broth is the one thing. It's my medicine. I recommend it to everyone. It's the, has the most bioavailable nutrients and vitamins and amino acids, glycine for immunity. It's got glutamine. I mean, it's great for inflammation. I could go on and on and on about bone broth and I drink it every day. It's great for sleep, stress. It's, it's, it's amazing. So I think that bone broth is so easy to find now in grocery stores if people don't want to commit to make it. But I definitely think that like the two things for gut health in my kitchen at home are fermented vegetables and bone broth, and then getting different varieties of, of vegetables for your prebiotics and your probiotics. Right. So it's important, like all the cruciferous veggies, I know that's kind of up, you know, some people can't eat them because of thyroid and hormonal stuff, but just getting um, different vegetables and not eating the same thing every day to help strengthen the gut. It's really important. Is there a brand of bone broth that you like? I like, I think it's called Bonafide, B-O-N-A-F-I-D-E. Bonafide's a, a, a good brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the reasons why I love bone broth too is because of the L-glutamine and how that heals the gut lining. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who are sensitive to gluten and dairy, especially gluten, it causes that gut lining to loosen up yeah. and create leaky gut syndrome. So yeah. an L-glutamine supplement or drinking the bone broth regularly. Day, yeah. yeah. Really yeah. Very and I have to tell you that I used to take glutamine, glutamine supplements all the time, all the money on all these supplements. And I really have decreased my supplements because of my bone broth. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, it's, I eat the marrow. Like I, I, I'm, I'm crazy. Oh, I love bone marrow. I get the bone marrow and I get it right out of the bone. And I make mine thick with chicken feet because it has the most collagen. And so it's gelatinous and actually I make a jello. So I'm always showing on Instagram. It's a bone broth, um, jello smoothie. It sounds really weird, but it's delicious. And it's with blueberries, blueberries, avocados, the bone broth jello, and, um, a little raw honey and, um, a little collagen powder powder. And it's amazing to break my fast in the morning and it's loaded with like everything we need, everything. Yeah. All the vitamins. What was your Instagram? So listeners can watch that. It's, um, chef Amber LA. Okay. Chef Amber LA on Instagram. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. It's great to focus on like the actual foods. Like supplements are amazing, but when you yeah. actually get it straight from the food, like bone, like you're talking about bone broth and yeah. instead of taking a supplement, like you, it's better um, bioavailability, better absorption to the yeah. body. So yeah, it's great. Exactly. That's why I am a firm believer in organ meat and um, pasture raised meat because oh, yeah. I really feel like that's how I've healed my adrenals and my hormones and stuff. I, you know, for me, I can't, I'm not vegan. I'm nothing, you know, not against it at all. Half my restaurants vegan, but -hmm. for me to heal my hormones and gain my cycle back and my adrenals, I had to, I started to eat organ meat and really paying Mm -hmm. attention to that. So it's amazing. Really, like you said, like we can get everything from our food and I'm a big fan of supplements. I still take supplements, but we can really get a lot of what we needed from our food. Yeah. Just hard to eat organ meat sometimes. Like I I, I love the nutritional 
you know, impact it has, but sometimes it's hard to like make liver or make like different Menudo. things. Oh, yeah, I just, I, can't. I don't have it in me, but I should. No, should the, the beef marrow is my, is the easiest liver. My mother yes. and I were experience, uh, experimenting with actually a liver smoothie where we put our two ounces in with like um, mangoes and like bananas and made like a eight ounce one and shot it. It actually is not as bad as it sounds, but it was a good way to get raw liver in. I know it sounds crazy. Raw? Like raw I, Yes, yes. Wow. I go to the farmer's market. There's a pasture raised, amazing, beautiful, regenerative farm. I get their liver. I get the bison liver because I'm a big fan of bison. Yeah, and I, I chop it up, blend it up. And I, I like shoot it. I'm like hardcore. When oh I'm my God, wow. that is so next level. I'm <laughs> dying right now. But, but throw back a raw bison liver. How many times a week? <laughs> I to do it twice a week, but let me tell you, do it with banana and mango. You're not going to be able to, or like some berries and make it small. Cause you don't want to drink like 16 yeah. ounces, right? <laughs> thick and cold and small, put your two little ounces in there and take a shot of it. Add a little honey and cinnamon if you need mm. to, and don't make a bit like just, yeah. Don't make a big deal. Just throw don't it back. Deal. But you know what? It feels, it's not at my restaurant. People think I'm completely insane. My bone broth <laughs> yellow smoothie is like enough for people right now, but um, it feels so good. You know, there's also a really great supplement from heart and soil. They have amazing organ supplements. And mm -hmm. sometimes I do take those when I'm in a hurry. Cause it's not always possible to have uh, raw bison liver. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does the organ meat also help with like inflammation and helping lo helping lower it? Yes, yes. Nice. I mean, it feels. I feel like it heal. It really healed my adrenals, mm -hmm. and it really I gained back my energy and my my brain clicked on. I was I didn't have as much brain fog, and I yeah. I mean, it was every, everything for me. My inflammation went down. What does it have in it that helps adrenals? Vitamin B. It must be vitamin B. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I remember I tried to go vegan and heal my adrenals, and that was that did not work for me. As oh no, no, yeah. I was like the sickest I've always ever been. Yeah, yeah. and then I, I remember really, the day I took like the the bison burger, and I felt like I was like superwoman. It was like wow, well, yeah. I was actually about to ask you what are the top ingredients that you'd put in a smoothie to make it anti-inflammatory. Is the answer a bison liver? No, I wouldn't put that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For regular, for regular people. I mean, I feel like avocado is one of our um, fruits from the gods. Like I think that avocado is mm -hmm. great for inflammation. It's also great for bone health. Um, it's also great for brain. So I put avocado, I put collagen powder in mine. I do think that that's a really great ingredient. Um, I use a lot of ginger and turmeric. So mm -hmm. ginger and turmeric, really great for um, inflammation inflammation, but also immune. Um, I try to get turmeric and ginger in, I mean, regularly, I either have an elixir it's in my smoothie. So those are my, and, and blueberries. I mean, blueberries, I know they're like not as exciting as everything else, but there's so many antioxidants and really great for inflammation. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Those are great options. Awesome. Like, turmeric is amazing. You just have to be like very careful. You don't spill it on your counter or else it's exactly. your counter for like months. Yeah. yeah. Or but, if you have white nail polish. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, ginger is really good too. I like ginger because it adds like a really nice like flavor profile to the mm. smoothie. And uh, yeah. Zing. Yeah. Yeah. So women with PCOS, we should have lots of fiber to help with blood sugar control mm -hmm. and also to help with um, inflammation. Yeah. Of course, making an amazing salad every day for lunch for me is just like really annoying. Like I have to order it from a meal delivery service. I have to have or maybe I have to have had um, it chopped up and ready to go the day before for, you know, if I made salad for dinner, 
I prepare it for lunch the next day. Like I just can't find the patience to put it all together at 12 o'clock. So what are your tips? Okay. My tips are definitely, this goes into meal prepping and planning. So like for me, I like to have everything in my fridge a la carte. And so then I can throw it together something. So I can't eat just raw salads. Raw salads get really boring for me. So I do have my greens ready and washed. I'll have my carrots slice my cucumbers, right? Everything's like ready. Got my cherry tomatoes, but then I really love to roast Japanese sweet potatoes, purple sweet potatoes, like make it fun, like put some cumin on the sweet potatoes and roast those and little cubes. Now you've got chilled roasted, you know, cumin sweet potatoes. I'll make like turmeric, ginger, roasted cauliflower. Now that's really pretty sitting in my fridge. And then I've got some toasted pepitas or like toasted almonds and cashews with like paprika or something. And now my nuts are ready, right? So now I've got my greens and I've got um, my roasted vegetables and my potatoes. I And then I've got my protein. I've got my hard boiled eggs already ready. My ground bison's ready. Mm-hmm. I've got my nuts. Um, I've got some sprouts. I try to get my broccoli sprouts in. And so for me, I like to add like, hot and cold stuff to my salads. I also like to do like scrambled eggs with cauliflower and kale and sweet potato. And I'll put that over a big bowl of raw greens, right? Mm -hmm. And then I'll top it with sprouts and I'll top it with avocado. And so it's kind of like a warm salad. So I like to do like leftover veggies or meat from the night before and chop it all up and like toss that in with a bunch of greens. And I always add sprouts to mine and like some sort of like seed. Yeah. Okay. That sounds amazing. That right? sounds like what I should sounds do. Sounds so good. It's all about meal prepping. It sounds yeah, like it's all about meal prepping. And I like how you finish it with sprouts and seeds. Yeah. Because I used to skip over that element, but it's so important. Yeah. Sprouts yeah. have such a high concentration of the vitamins that we need. Like it's not just like cilantro. It's cilantro sprouts, which are you know, dense with all of the nutrients yeah. that cilantro has. Yeah. Sprinkle that on top and then add the crunch with the seeds. Yes, yeah, seeds can contain like zinc, yeah. selenium, so many more things. Yeah. I've yeah. been putting pumpkin seeds on everything. Yeah. But of course it's better toasted. And I can't do that at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I'm not going to toast pumpkin seeds. You can't. No. <laughs> no, I need to meal prep this yeah. salad situation. I, I love the hot and cold salad. Like the, the salads cold but then the meat or whatever is hot and the combination in your mouth yeah it's my favorite and then top it with cold avocado and, and sprouts and seeds like it's like my it's my favorite little hot cold yeah. all right so that's all the questions we had this was i love this podcast episode chef amber could you tell us where people can find you as well as your book that's coming out Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at chef Amber LA also on Facebook. And then my website is ChefAmber.com, and I have tips and tools for holistic living, but also tons of beautiful, sexy recipes, um, all that are dairy free and gluten free. Um, on Instagram, I'm, I post recipes every week and then you can watch my stories for bone broth all the time and bone broth smoothies. Um, you, if you live in the South Bay or visiting, you can come visit me at one of my restaurants in Hermosa or Manhattan beach, the source cafe. And then I have two books coming out. My cookbook will be out in about six to eight weeks. It's called Sexy Nourishing Food to Fuel Your Mind, Body, and Soul. And that one is 90% plant-based. I've got a section for eggs, bison, and fish, and it's dairy-free, gluten-free, no sugar. And then my book, Hungry, Why Effing Eat, is about my relationship and my emotional relationship with food and how I created a healthy relationship and got rid of my disordered eating over the last 30 years. That comes out in January. So you can stay tuned for all of that. Yes. That awesome. Amazing. And can people pre-order from your website or Amazon? 
they will be able to if you guys if they if you guys follow that are listening then we'll do pre-order probably in about a month so yeah oh, okay perfect yeah. perfect all right everyone if, if you want to access any of that information we'll put it in the episode description so you can go ahead and click right right through there thank you so much Chef amber for coming on here answering our questions helping our fellow sisters learn how to um, order for themselves gluten dairy free this is amazing awesome yeah, thanks for having me guys that was so fun <laughs> thank you everyone for listening we'll see you guys next week If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again.